Live from the Tech Talk Studios hey. in the nation's capital and the heartland of America. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's that time again. It's that special time of the week. It's time for Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, the one and only, the national global specialist of the world, the chiropractor of the year, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, buddy, how are you doing, man? So, when did I win chiropractor of the year? In what in what universe was that? I have no idea. But Dude, okay, in my Brad, little, Brad, piece, in my little piece, I know in very in a lot of people's piece of the world, you are the chiropractor so of the I'm, year. Man. I'm the Brad Cost chiropractor of the year. That's pretty cool. I could be. I'll put you that are, on my CV you, tomorrow, man. <laughs> and we're going to Las Vegas. You know what can we say? That's right. That's right. That's right. Good to um, see you, Brad. Good to see you, my it's, friend. It's good to see you too, buddy. Um, you know, we see each other a lot. We talk, guys, this is, if you listen to Tech Talk, you know, this is Jay and I, if you come to our classes, this is sort of the way our classes go also. Um, but we have a great time and we're trying to be, we're trying to be fun and educational at the same time. We bring on amazing guests and today we got a special one. Why don't you introduce our guest and let's get started, Jay. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. This is going to be a great, great podcast. I have the great pleasure of introducing Dr. Brett Winchester. I met Brett, we met at Kevin Christie's Mastermind Group. I've seen your name everywhere. You know, I know that you're a, like an amazing leader in our profession. You teach all over the world. You're an expert at what you do. All the students that you've, you have this like tree of people that you've taught uh, and that rave about you, you have been the chiropractor for the St. Louis Cardinals. You consult with a half a dozen major league or maybe even more baseball teams on a regular basis because of your expertise and your knowledge. You got an amazing kick-ass practice in Troy, Missouri. And, and, you know, I've had a chance to learn more about what you do. I've learned from you and how you run your practice and you just do it the right way. So thank you so much for joining us, Brett. It's so, it's so thank great you to so have you so much here. for having me. I, I am literally honored well, listen, man, um, in case somebody's got their head up their butt and has never heard of you, um, do me a favor. Just tell the audience a little bit about your background, how you became a chiropractor and, and how you became the Dr. Brett Winchester. Well, what's interesting, I don't have a great chiropractic story. I uh, studied business management at University of Missouri. And uh, actually, my dad had talked my brother-in-law into going to Logan and to be a chiropractor. And then I was getting ready to graduate from Mizzou. This would have been like 1998. Really good time to get a job in the business sector. And <laughs> my brother, brother-in-law was like, hey, why don't you uh, come down and follow me for a day? And when I, what I basically saw was like a unique opportunity to combine a bunch of different things. So I didn't know, I didn't know at that point that I for sure wanted to be a chiropractor, but I thought that it could be a great vehicle to do a lot of different things. And I, that's kind of been my, my model is uh, our model here is basically combining manipulation with uh, rehabilitation, soft tissue techniques. We have functional medicine and it's kind of like awesome. a one-stop shop for a lot of different things. And that that's kind of what has uh, evolved over the years. So that, that was uh, kind of how I got my start. I went to Logan. I graduated in 2003. Uh, interesting story. I actually started teaching when I was still a student. And, wow. uh, and then they hired me uh, right when I graduated for another position there. And, uh, and it just kind of evolved. And then I ended up taking a leave of absence from there when I was uh, right around COVID, just because everything was so crazy at that point. And uh, yeah, so that's a lot of experience with teaching manipulation at a chiropractic school. Um, you know my affiliation with uh, Mark King and MPI. So started teaching for the Motion Palpation Institute right off the bat. So teach, uh, I'm on the board with that organization. So still teach a lot of uh, manipulation courses and then uh, DNS and rehabilitation is my other big teaching passion. So uh, started my practice right out of school in 2003. I'm in Troy, Missouri, which is, uh, we always joke, the vacation capital of the world. Uh, no, it's not really, but it is where my wife is from. And she made it perfectly clear. I actually met her on the dance floor at University of Missouri. And she said, you know, if you're going to marry me, this is where it's going to be. So uh, everyone always, always wants to know, how did you end up in Troy, Missouri? And it's simply because that is where my wife is from. So. I love it, dude. I love that story. I'm so curious because 
you're able to balance so many different things in your life. And especially when you started your practice, I mean, you're teaching at Logan, you're starting your practice, you've got this great mind to teach, but you've also got this entrepreneurial mind as well. Um, can you share with us a little bit about the early years and how your practice evolved? Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started, I, it's not in the office. Right now, I'm in 8,000 square feet. When I started, I was in probably about 1,800 square feet. And literally, it was myself doing everything. And a hilarious story. So the town that I started in was actually, it's three miles away from here. 700 people reside in this town total. And I was putting the stakes in the ground that said future side of Winchester chiropractic. And this old buzzard pulls up this old man and he says, uh, hey, the only thing that makes it in this town is uh, bars and churches. He goes, you have no chance of making it here. <laughs> and it actually, it did shake me. We go, uh, I went home that night and I, I looked at my wife and I literally was like, what are we doing? You know? And uh, I, I literally, I carry a chip on my shoulder at all times. So like that was really a catalyst for me to, to grow it. So then we started and then I slowly but surely just started adding chiropractors. And uh, I mean, from day one, I've had a mission of my goal was to, I wanted to create the, the best chiropractic office in the world. So uh, I'm not saying I've done that. I'm just saying that is always our mission that we're, that we're achieving. And we do that through um, not only giving good care, but also good customer service. And we, we really work on a lot of different aspects of trying to, uh, to achieve our goal. That's great. Uh, um, we, we, talk, we get to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm really, I'm so curious about maybe some of the early challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. Yeah. So what, what's interesting besides about the me, old buzzard, besides the old buzzard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've done it all. I've had uh, billboards, I've done rental houses. I've done, uh, I've done a lot of different things as far as investments. And the one thing I realized was that in my model, I wanted to do now a big, a common term is what's called like habit stacking or job stacking. So what I realized was like a lot of my attention and my investments, nothing was really building off each other. So it was probably like 10 years ago. I just was like, you know, at this point moving forward, I want everything to be kind of stacking upon each other and kind of leading to the to one goal, which always is, which is building off each other. So I, I kind of sold my way out of some of those other investments. And then I've actually had a satellite office, too. And um, at one time, this would have been, uh, let's see, it's 2023 now, probably in 2018, I had uh, two practices. I had um, I was teaching at Logan and Maryville. I was full time with the Cardinals. I was traveling every week and we have young kids. And I literally woke up in a panic attack and I said, what is the one thing that I can get rid of right now? And that one thing was my satellite office. So, in, and I know this is totally different than your model, Jay, which I mean, obviously you're legendary for your ability to scale yourself. I did the opposite. I scaled myself down and then I just decided to work on one place because of my travel schedule and things. I was like, I just cannot scatter myself you know, personally. So my model was about taking one place, making it, you know, big and what I wanted it to be. And, and for my personal model, it wasn't about having multiple satellite offices. Although at one point in my life, I thought that's what my dream was going to be. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of the entrepreneur side of it. And then, I mean, I'm always looking for ways to kind of, uh, I always say, I just want to, you know, kind of change the view of what chiropractic is and to kind of like pull on those threads about, you know, chiropractors are always kind of the low man on the totem pole in the medical world. So just to, to be able to go toe to toe with like everybody in the medical profession and, you know, whether I'm talking to a pitching coach or a neurologist or whatever it might be to just continue to, I guess, try to do chiropractic proud that way. Yeah, man, knowledge is power and you've got a tremendous amount of it. So you, you help yeah. elevate the profession, brother, and, and I so appreciate you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. So that, that makes you feel good that someone's paying attention, maybe. There's a lot Man, of people paying attention, bro. A lot of people. Yeah, if you've, a lot of people if know that. The, if you got the attention of Jake Greenstein, Dr. Winchester, <clears throat> you've made it in this world. There's no, no question about that. We've had some good wine together. That weekend, we, I had a blast <laughs> with this guy. He is, you talk about a good time, my Lord. <laughs> we had fun, bro. It was fun. Yeah. More times to come. Yeah. So listen, let's talk a little bit about your practice. It's a multidiscipline type of practice. What what are those disciplines that you have in your practice? 
Well, I mean, starting off, even before I had the space to be able to do it, I felt like the office was going to be built on three pillars. So the pillars were, you know, what we were talking about as far as like chiropractic treatment. And the other one was, you know, being able to control what's being done with the strength conditioning and the training world. And then, but the important thing is, I mean, we deal a lot with athletes, but we also have spinal stenosis classes. We have all kinds of special populations that are being trained in our gym throughout the day. And then the other key component was the functional medicine side. I didn't actually know when I started that I would have the medical doctors here, but that kind of evolved naturally. And now I just, you know, to me, there's, you know, you can come here and you can get, uh, you know, so many different things done and that are so many different services done. And that was like a really, really important goal of mine was to, to keep everything in house. I felt like when I outsourced things, I kind of lost control of them. So now, uh, we really pride ourselves in being able to be like a one-stop shop for, for most of our patients. Hey, Brett, are the, are the MDs doing the functional medicine or do you, are the chiros doing it or is it a combination of both? We have a lady who does the functional medicine specifically, but then the whole team is now kind of evolved to where we all are kind of doing it. So it's, it's kind of been an evolution, quite honestly, because, you know, when you bring someone into your office, it's like you're, you're kind of pushing them into a certain direction. And, uh, and that's kind of how it's been. So it's, and it, it has just worked perfectly. Not everything, I mean, as you know, like when you, you start your practice, not everything goes exactly the way that you want it to go. That is one area that has gone extremely well. And our patients really, really, you know, they, they really appreciate it that we can all talk together. And I mean, a lot of these, uh, these patients that we're seeing, I mean, they'll touch all aspects of our, of our practice, which is exactly what we want. So we don't always know like what the portal of entry is going to be, how a person's going to enter through which area of our office. But then when it's all said and done, um, you know, they, a lot of times they will have touched all services that we offer here. And that's That's a great, that's a great business model. Great business model. Uh, you also, you know, you obviously you're big into sports I know you share that with Jay. What triggered that? How did you initially get into that? You know, Brad, everyone always asks me that question because I'm, I'm actually, obviously in a small town. So, and what I tell everybody is I literally started with the little league baseball player that was in front of me. And that, that's kind of how I got my start. And then, you know, my reputation started to, I started to gain like in my small town here and then into St. Louis and then into Missouri. And then, you know, then it just kind of keeps growing. But when people ask me that, I think the mistake that a lot of students make now is they think they're just going to go right into major league baseball, which, uh, is not going to happen. So, you know, you have to, you got to start, you know, doing a lot of the stuff that people don't want to do. I mean, I was at baseball academies working with eight-year-old, you know, baseball players. And it was, uh, not all of it was pretty, you know, I mean, it's, you do a lot of things that people don't realize. And uh, honestly, it's just a lot of hard work. And then I think too, is just, you got to get a good result. So, I mean, if you can get a world-class result, people will, people will notice. And I tell everybody that, that, you know, on weekends, it's like, if you're best in the world at what you're doing, it won't take long for someone to notice you and you will get your lucky break. And I think that, you know, if it just, a lot of people are able to create more lucky breaks for themselves, but even if they like people are a little bit more introvert, a little bit more shy, you'll get a chance to get your, your lucky break. As long as you just continue to give a, a world-class result. It's great advice. That's, that's amazing. Uh, especially the Cardinals. We're going to take a quick break here, uh, guys, but we'll come back. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the sports. It seems like that's a, been a big part of your life the last few years. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our guest, uh, Dr. Brett Winchester. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Come on back. Starting your weekend out right with the data jocks of talk. It's TikTok. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user-friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. 
This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing is simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you. Your weekly dose of talk. Get ready. With the data jocks of talk. Data jocks of talk. Ooh. It's tech talk. Welcome back. You're listening to Tech Talk. We got a great guest today. Uh, I did not know Dr. Winchester. I met him just a few minutes before we hit the air and and uh, started a couple jokes. Of course, it took four outtakes uh, <laughs> to get us where we're at today, but we're having a great time and. Brett, one of the things that I noticed in reading your bio and looking you up online and things is you spent some time with uh, the Cardinals. Uh, that had to be an exciting time. I've got a good friend that's in uh, uh, Cairo for the Twins. And, oh, awesome. you know, he, he wears those rings, and he's really proud of doing that. But chiropractic has a great a great spot in sports uh, and and really is growing uh, what tell us a little bit about your time uh, in the professional sports? What you got from it? What you're still doing? If you are doing anything, and 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 how it seems like it was just a big part of your life. So I was officially with uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals from 2014 to 18. So I would say that was that's the hardest position to have when you're actually having to implement. It's way easier now. I'm on the consulting side. So I'm working with probably half the Major League Baseball teams in some way, shape, or form. And uh, the consulting part is a lot easier because you basically blow in on a weekend seminar or maybe you're seeing an athlete or two. And uh, it's just a lot easier than having to be there all day long and kind of implement all the, the systems. So in my contract when I was there, I would show up at 2 o'clock and I could leave at the at the time of the game. But, you know, you never got out at the time of the game. So it just proved to be – I mean, it was a huge, huge commitment from a from a time standpoint, but you learn a lot. I mean, you learn a lot about, like, working within a team, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, how you treat professional athletes because they're definitely different than, like, the general population. And, uh, I mean, the beautiful thing about it is you get to see the the fruits of your labor, right, you know, showed on display that night for, for good or bad. So I would say that you're very exposed, you know, because obviously – uh, if you're not helping a player, then the, literally the whole world knows about it. But uh, but by and large, I would say an amazing, amazing experience, and it had definitely catapulted me into a lot of the consulting stuff that I'm that I'm doing now. So it's uh, it's 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 kind of difficult from a time standpoint, I would say, to be there definitely as much as I was. But uh, but what an amazing opportunity, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't take it back for the for the world. So yeah, and what's interesting, I mean now. Probably one of my biggest passions is neurologic rehab for the pediatric patient. So although I'm still seeing so much of the athletic world, that's actually not where my passion lies. And interestingly, I always say, like, I don't even like baseball, quite honestly. So it's uh, <laughs> I just kind of found my way into that niche. 
And, uh, and so, you know, you kind of roll with, <laughs> roll with the oars you're born with, I guess. And uh, so that was, you know, that was what I was kind of known for early on. And then I think you do got to be careful though, because I'm definitely careful to not tight cast me only as working with baseball athletes. So, I mean, we deal with all kinds of athletes here and uh, we deal with professional athletes, college athletes, high school athletes, horrible athletes, weekend warriors. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we literally got it all. And uh, so I'm pretty proud of that. So we would treat uh, any patient just like we would treat a professional athlete. So they all get treated basically the same here. Love yeah, but isn't that something great to be said about the chiropractic profession and the inroads that they're making in professional sports? I just, to me, it seems like I'm, I'm learning more and more about uh, professional chiros doing this in the professional sports. And, and I think that says a whole lot about what, what you guys do for a living. Oh, it is. I mean, they're basically every uh, professional team right now, not just in baseball, but across the board has a team chiropractor. And then, and then on top of that, I mean, most professional athletes, they definitely have like someone on the private sector that is, right. that they're also working with. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to find a professional athlete that's not working with a, with a chiropractor. So that, yeah, you, you're exactly right. So that is, I think that's really, really good exposure for the profession. So I hate to say this, but you know, the, um, the everyday person looks upon that and that brings credibility to the profession. So, uh, so that, that's definitely a really, really good thing for the profession. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. For sure. So Brett, I'm, I'm curious. And I think the audience is probably curious about how you navigate the politics of all the other healthcare providers on a professional team. You know, you've got the head athletic trainer, you've got the team physician. Can you share a little bit about your experiences with that and, and how you navigated you know, the, the team building component within the medical team of a professional, professional sports team. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, there's kind of a, a saying in, in the business, which is stay in your lane, but sometimes staying in your lane doesn't allow you to push the limits that you need to, uh, to be able to push. So I would say that, uh, you know, what's, what's hard about the teams is you have so many different people involved. And a lot of times too, like the professional athlete, they, like I said, they might have their own team privately. So, and you know, the joke is always too, you don't know when someone's cheating on you. Like, so they might be seeing <laughs> another chiropractor before they come and see you and you don't know that. And uh, it's definitely difficult to navigate. The other thing too, is, I mean, not, there's more than more than just chiropractors that are doing manipulation now. So, I mean, you might show up at the stadium and they potentially have already been adjusted. They've already had dry needling done. They've already seen the massage therapist. They've already been trained. So then kind of finding what you need to do for that specific athlete that day. And a lot of times a professional athlete, they want to order up their care kind of a la carte. So I think one of the most important things that can be done in a really good organization is you know, having the leadership to kind of know and tell the athletes, like, this is what we're doing today. And that way they don't get over treatment because honestly, in that world, one of the more common problems is, you know, people can get, uh, can get too much treatment. And uh, so anyways, like just having, you know, someone to navigate the each and every case, I think is, re is really helpful. Have you ever been like in a confrontational situation where you've had to like kind of stick to your, stick to your core values and just speak your mind and do what you knew was best? I had an interesting time. Like I worked also a lot with like opposing teams just because it's a really small world, you know? So yeah. like I would go, you know, to the other side and I won't name the, the team, but this one guy um, thought that he wanted to, he ordered up a first rib adjustment. Well, I palpated his first rib. Everything was joint plane fine. And really what he wanted was like a mid thoracic adjustment. So uh, he just, him and I had a little bit of a standoff on, on that. So that was probably the only time where it literally got awkward on it. Cause the one rule I always had is I would never be bullied or I'd never compromise myself into doing something that I didn't think need to be done. So you know how it is like in the chiropractor where like a lot of times a patient wants an adjustment, but I mean, if the joint isn't blocked, then that tool's off the table. So, um, but a lot of times, especially when you're younger, you get bullied into doing something that you don't want to do or you don't think needs to be done. So real young, I was, I was pretty principled in the fact that I would never, ever compromise myself. So uh, I'm a prideful person. So I, I've, I'll definitely stick up for myself and, you know, why I think we should be doing something and why not. 
and especially too because it's basically your reputation on the line. So that's a you know that's always something that you want to uh, consider. Love it, love it. Well, we're going to take another. I mean, time goes by real quick when we're talking with with great guys like you. We're going to take another quick break, but I want to come back and start talking a little bit about the the pediatric things that you're doing yeah, and uh, some of the other, I mean, to be in, and Dr. Christie's mastermind class, you got to be a special man. And there, there've got to be a lot of great things that we can pull out of you in that last segment. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our guest, Dr. Brett Winchester. Uh, come on back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is Jay Greenstein. With me today is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein. The world around us and healthcare specifically is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future. Spreading the love. You're listening to the Tech Slot. It's TikTok. So we all feel it. Rent or dining out, gasoline or movies. As a matter of fact, the dollar is not going as far for a whole host of reasons. And it's impacting everybody, regardless of your financial situation. Did you know that 38% of the overall population is having to reconsider how they're spending their money just to afford the healthcare they need? And if you break it down further, 26% have actually delayed the healthcare that they need, including going to see you, the chiropractor. So here's what we need to know about the breakdown in demographics. You would think that someone who's making $120,000 or more would be continuing their care right now. But the actual number is 18%. 18% of that group is actually putting off healthcare. And that's a group of people making six figures. When you take that same information all the way down to a group making 40,000, that number is much higher. It's closer to 40%. So it's never been more important than now to make sure you've made it easy for your patients to come see you, that you have choices for them, and you understand what they're going through at home. We want to make sure your practice thrives during this time, and we encourage you to learn about what Cairo Health USA can do for you and your practice and making it easy for patients to see you and continue care. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. J here, and I'm really excited because it so is apparently my dog. Um, we got Mr. Brad Costa, Dr. Brett Winchester, and we are having a great conversation. It's always awesome to hang out with you guys. Uh, Brett, we, we hung out in Florida, uh, had a good time, had some wine, had some laughs, and shared really a lot of great 
information about how to be successful as a chiropractor. And, and I, I remember listening to the podcast that you actually did with Dr. Kevin Christie, and you were sharing the story about a patient of yours who you thought was better. And you'll, you'll, you, I say this all the time, like you tell the story better than I did, but patient was, you thought was better. You saw him in Walmart. You see, you see his name is Sam and you go up to Sam and Sam, how you doing? And Sam says, not so good. And you're like, what happened? And he's like, yeah, well, I had a surgery. I thought I was better, but I wasn't. And, and you told this story around this guy that you thought was better because you released him after he had been, you know, pain free, but you thought he was better, but he wasn't better. And, now he had to have surgery. And I completely bastardized that story if I didn't tell it. <laughs> that was actually as well pretty as good. Yeah, that was it wasn't on. bad, right? But it was memorable for me because there are so many doctors, especially young doctors out today, that they think all they need to do is just get a patient out of pain. I'm like, the pain's going to come back if we don't correct function. Why is this not about function, wellness, prevention? So I just want to I want to touch on that, Brett. I want I want to I want the audience to hear what your thoughts are because I think our profession, some of the profession is moving in the wrong direction where we're losing our line of sight about what's really really important for patients. So maybe you could tell the story a little bit better than I did. No, I mean that's that is basically what has shaped me as a as a clinician because being in a small town, I mean, I I am literally with my successes and failures every single day. And, you know, just to add to the beautiful story you told, yeah, I saw Nancy or whatever, whoever it was at Walmart. And, you know, I, I thought that I'd originally helped her. So I'm going to go up there. I'm kind of fluffing my feathers. I'm going to peacock a little bit and get another compliment. Well, start the conversation. And she's basically like, oh, I ended up, you know, doing decompression or I had surgery. I did something else besides what I want to tell you. And I learned real quick that early on people did like me because uh, I was getting a good result and I was doing it in what I thought was like a short amount of time. So what I learned though was you can change pain in a visit or two. You cannot change function in a visit or two. You just, you simply just cannot do it. So uh, anyways, and what happens is if you, if I saw a new patient today, so today's Tuesday, and I saw them on Thursday, and let's say they're 100% better from a pain standpoint, but I'm going through my functional audits, which would be joint play, trigger points, tension tone, functional test, neurologic test, and all of that is the same, that patient is about to relapse. And yeah. that, that was very, very humbling for me to kind of like, you know, to kind of sit with. But so from that point forward, I work really, really hard on, you know, that is my sole goal. And, and I actually educate the patient on that so much so to where it's almost like a little bit of a mind F to the patient, because when I walk into the treatment room, really the last thing I ask the patient is subjectively, how are they doing today? I go right to my palpation or my functional test, and then I let them know functionally how the case is going. So I break it down to three things. One is, Am I improving whatever my audit is? Let's just say that it's joint play or trigger points. That's the first thing I'm going to check. The second thing, let's say that, you know, they said that, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping. So that might be my next line of questioning, but I'm still not really asking them how their pain is today. And then finally, the third thing would be, okay, subjectively, how would you describe the status of your case today? And then they get an opportunity at the end, but it's also a little bit of a mind F because the patient realizes that I am there to change the function of the case. That is really important because I have medical doctors here. We can inject cortisone. We can give you prednisone. I mean, they can do all kinds of things to do better, to help them change your pain better. The other thing, there is so much that is wrapped up into the question of how are you pain. feeling today? You could have just had an argument with your spouse. You could have, you know, drank you know, 12 cans of beer last night. Like there, there's a lot of things that are wrapped into a subjective question of how is your pain today? So what I learned was if I do a really, really good job of auditing function and then I, I tell them, so what happens all the time is the patient's wanting to tell me they're the same, okay? So then I go in there and I'm like, well, actually this, is, this part's quite a bit better. This is, you know, the joints are moving better here. The soft tissues are good. And uh, 15 times in a day, the patient is going to tell me, actually, I, I am feeling quite a bit better. Like they just need somebody to kind of show them. It's just human nature to bitch. Human beings are so good at bitching. A lot of times chiropractors are just, 
that one listening ear that day, which is fine, except for the fact that, you know, I'm here on a mission or crusade to change function. So I've got to make sure that they're doing okay. And the beautiful thing about it is if I'm changing function, so I'm going back in my audits and everything's getting way better, but they're telling me they're, they're the same, either I'm dealing with a patient who's in the chronic pain classification, which might I might change what I'm doing to help them in that way, or we're, we've run up against a structural problem that happens all the time in the athletic world, meaning let's say that someone's got a hip complaint, professional athlete, uh, three weeks later, the joints are moving way better in the hip and around the hip. The soft tissues are all normalized. The functional tests are normalized, but they're telling me they're exactly the same. Well, I might get imaging there because the function's drastically better, but the pain is the same. So we might be we might de be dealing with a structural problem. So, and then we might have to bring on in the orthopedist or more imaging or something like that. But anyways, the the functional approach helps me sift through all these different uh, scenarios. It's just genius, man. I, I love it. And and more doctors need to not just know this, but they need to implement it because it's so critical to getting to create really just creating value, right? It's about creating value for our patients and our communities, saving dollars in the healthcare system, decreasing fragmented care. Like all of these things are sequela to not doing what you do. So it's just, it's just awesome. I just love listening to it. Well, in our electronic health records too, it, they have to give the reason why the patient canceled. So in my new associates, a common thing that I'll see is canceled feeling better, canceled feeling better, canceled feeling better, which is, I mean, from a humanitarian standpoint, that's a great thing because obviously they're helping the patient, but it also tells me that there was no education on function. I mean, I'm so disconnected on pain. I mean, my interns and stuff, I mean, they almost just laugh because <laughs> the, the patient is wanting to say how they're doing, but I almost just don't let it happen. And the other thing too is like, you, I think you know you're doing a good job, even if I have to like refer to the orthopedist, like they know after they have their surgery, four weeks afterwards, we're working with them again to you know start to restore function on what got them into the bad structural situation to begin with. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I wasn't good in the beginning, but in this continuum, uh, I really work hard with, with everyone here in our office on uh, having a true functional approach because the irony is the people that say they're treating function, my experience has been a lot of times they're pain chasers. And the hard thing is like, we all want to be good ethical chiropractors. So we think we can fix everyone in two visits. And it, it's just literally, it's just not possible. Not you can make agreed. them feel better, but you cannot change function in, uh, in two visits. You just can't. Yeah. yeah. Let me step, let me step in here as the non-chiro because that last five minutes of, of explanation that you did, Brett, was the best I have ever heard uh, out of a chiropractor, man. Oh, that's a good When call. you talked about the functional side of that after the pain and, and playing those games a little bit with them to get them to understand that, you gave one of the best descriptions I've ever heard. Uh, dude, I wish you were in Tulsa. I'd, I'd be coming <laughs> to see you. Well, I mean, Brad, I, I look at our job as pretty simple. So what are we good at? We're, we're good at moving joints that are stiff. And whatever plane of motion they're stiff in, that's uh, one of our missions. Um, we're good at changing tension and soft tissue, and we're good at how the brain is activating muscles. If I can do a good job of that, then I know that, you know, we can make it as difficult as we want. But at the end of the day, that's what the contemporary present-day chiropractor is good at. And uh, so that's what, that's what we need to do. We don't need to make it more complicated than that. <clears throat> Yeah, but you know, you've got all kinds of chiros. I know that. I, I've been around several thousands of them all the time, and 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 they're great. They're good, and they're just you know chasers. And uh, but be proud of that explanation that you gave, because as a layperson as I am, th that was one of the best I've heard. Well, what's interesting too, and it took me a while to like struggle with my own words to get it to this point, but. You, if you do it right way, like you don't have to sell the patient on anything. They just say yes to all of it. So even my uh, associates and interns are always like, yeah, but your patients just do what you tell them. I'm like, it's because one of the best things that you have to own, and this is not just in chiropractic, this is in life in general, you want to be certain. So I mean, certain and not cockiness, but you, you, his chiropractors, uh, notoriously like they, they actually finish really high as far as 
like when they do surveys, like do the patients like them? They always finish number two behind nurse practitioners. So we're very empathetic. Mm. We're very good at listening. But uh, one, one other thing I think to get to drive these results is you've got to be bought into what you're selling. And that comes through certainty and enthusiasm. And I always say like, Nothing's more annoying than cheesy enthusiasm where you have people right. like, oh, my God, everything's awesome on my world today, blah, blah, right. blah. Enthusiasm means to the patient like the patient feels like you would rather be with them in that very moment than anywhere else in the world. And that's what enthusiasm is to me. And then also like really not snowing them, but like exuding them. And I always say like if the present day chiropractor could be as convicted about what they're finding functionally is what the orthopedist is finding on their MRIs or their CT scans. Like it's, that's the key. And we don't do a good job of that. We hem haw around. We say, well, you know, I might be able to help you. I mean, I'll look at a functional case. I'll be like, I mean, I've seen this literally a million times. There's no way I'm not going to be able to help you. Or I'll, I'll say, yeah, there's, I'm not going to be able to get around this particular problem that you have. But I have all the downstream next steps for you. If we need an epidural, I, you know, I got them on a the back line. If we need the surgeon, because I think, too, like a lot of times the patient doesn't realize that you actually have better connections in all of that world than their primary care doc does. So I always from the very beginning on a difficult case say, if I'm unable to help you, I have all your next steps, literally a phone call away. So but, you know, our first step is, you know, this is our plan. I think also that is something that I've learned to also do. The patient always knows what I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to say is always have a plan and expose your plan to the patient. This is what I'm working on. This is this is what we're trying to, to do. In three weeks, you're going to know you're better because of this. And I'm constantly just beating that in their, uh, in their head of what, what we're trying to do. So, Brett, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned like the mind F. You know, you mentioned that a couple of times, right? But what you meant to say was mind fuck, right? It's a mind fuck, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Making sure that's okay. Yeah, mind fuck's yeah. what I meant to say. Thank you. And then, but then there's also, I learned something else from you at the mastermind, which is the reverse mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can yeah. explain that really quickly for our audience. What's the that all about? The reverse mind fuck is when. The patient doesn't even realize they're being mind fucked. Basically, that's kind yeah. of that's kind of the reverse, which mind which has got to be most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I think too, like uh, you know, the the problem with the present day consumer is they're so educated, and in our world, a lot of times, like they they're they're just educated kind of on the wrong things. So like you're up against that. And the second you say whatever you think potentially their diagnosis is, they're going to walk out of your treatment room. They're going to be Googling on their phone. They're going to be. So I've learned that you've really, and this is what I tell patients who are trying to outthink me. I'm like, trust me, I have seen, I have thought and seen this thousands of times. Like I know you think that I'm missing something. Trust me, I'm not. So like, uh, you know, so I just kind of expose it, you know, like one thing I've, uh, uh, is a side note too, that I learned to get good at is confrontation. You asked me about the, in the professional team, but I think like in everyday practice, you're constantly, you know, having to confront humans because I always joke like the present day chiropractic patient, they want to see you one time and they don't even want to pay for that one time. So like, that's what you're up against. It's just human nature. And, and, but I mean, in saying that too, if you can lay out why they're there to see you, I think you get immediate buy-in. And I think, I mean, there is not a better time in the world to be a chiropractor because basically the consumer is driving all of this, you know, whether yeah. it's functional medicine or, you know, manipulation, whatever it might be, we're not the ones driving it. I mean, the patients are the one that are clamoring for these services. So, I mean, what, I mean, and I know the students are a little bit bitter and angry because a lot of times they're $200,000 in debt, but I'm telling you, you know, over a career, that's a drop in a bucket. And I mean, every day of my life, I'm 20 years into this. I look so forward to a schedule full of patients, more so than I even did when I was younger, just because every single case to me is like a puzzle I'm solving. So when the, when the you know, maybe there's a difficult personality or a difficult case, I'm just continuing to better myself with each case. And I challenge myself to be exponentially better at the end of every day than when I walked in. And that that prevents stagnation. But I mean, I sh shit. I, I'm just so excited to 
better myself every single day because it's like I always call it the game within the game. You know, like to notice, you know, you blow up someone's subtalar joint and you see how that changes shoulder range of motion. Or, you know, you, you're able to help a patient that has literally been everywhere. And uh, it's just, uh, that's kind of what parts my bangs at this point. It's awesome, bro. I, I don't want the point to be missed about going there with a patient, the idea that we need to confront them, we need to be direct, we need to be certain. Like, I, I really want to make sure the audience heard that because that is critical. And by the way, when you're that certain and when you go there and when they know that you've got their best interests at heart and you're being very direct with them, kind, but direct, empathetic, but direct, you're going to build trust. And, you know, we know that you buy from people who you know, like, and trust. So I just want to make sure the audience heard that from you. There's two things that need to happen like the second you walk into a treatment room. One is rapport. And rapport is built literally in the first 20 seconds. Do you have a smile on your face? Do you have, you know, a certain charm? And then the other thing is reassurance, which is, you know, um, reassuring them that they're in the right place and reassuring them that you're able to help them. So there's two, there's two different things in our profession. We have really good healers and we have really good evidence-based chiropractors. What happens a lot of times in the really good evidence-based chiropractors, they're, they have a good product, but they're not getting miracle after miracle after miracle. The ones who can combine both of them, which is what I would recommend or be an advocate for, they get miracles because being a good healer doesn't always mean you're a good evidence-based chiropractor. There is so many different aspects to being a great healer. Part of it's empathy, part of it's certainty and confidence. Um, and, and I mean, all of this should be exuded in the contemporary chiropractor. And I think that's kind of a mistake right now in the evidence-based circles is, you know, they, they're just missing this huge like piece of being like a great healer. And, uh, and I, I mean, I want to be in both those worlds. I want to be known as someone who's always keeping up with the, you know, the evidence. But also, I want the people in my area to to understand that we're getting a different result than anybody else, and it's because we're combining a lot of different things. But also, just being a good human and trying to trying to save the world, literally one patient at a time, without sounding too corny, I guess. No, I think Not that's corny at all. I think that's very valuable because I love it. Patients are becoming a little mind fogged of going to a primary care, to be honest. I think, I mean, I, even myself and I, I think I've got a pretty decent primary care guy. It's a concierge doc. And he, so he'll listen to me, but you can tell he's really into it. But most patients don't have that. It's become sort of assembly line medicine in primary care today. And honestly, they got to do that to make dig a living out of it today. You know, their reimbursements are being cut also. But the thing that I like about you and the, and the other thousand stories that I've heard about miracles, and I hadn't ever thought about it till I was in uh, Alaska speaking uh, with a friend, uh, Dr. Corey Frogley, that based his whole speech around the miracle kind of thing. And, and it just, it made me stop and think about how many stories like that, that I have heard in chiropractic patients I think today need that. They want that. They relate to that. They're looking for that kind of solution. And I think that's why we're seeing chiropractic grow today uh, because guys like you and Jay are jumping in and, and a lot of guys, I could name a thousand names here are, are have that mentality. Now, evidence-based I'm an evidence guy. That's what I do for a living is data and analytics, but I would never want to see anybody that works just solely off of evidence. You got to feel it. And brother, I can tell you believe that deep down into the core of your spirit, what you're doing. And, and that that's an easy sell, I think, for you and your patients. So you, your patients need to be glad that they have you as, as their caretaker. Amen, oh, I brother. appreciate it. Amen. Yeah, no, I feel like it, when you get it all right, you don't have to sell a thing. Like you're just exuding it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of been... I mean, I'm on a continuum. I'm, I'm on my journey, and I've had really good mentors along the way. And uh, But I think beating the functional drum, I think that's where it's all at for the contemporary chiropractor. Because if you're good at changing function, ironically, you're also the best at changing pain long term. So that's right. kind of like when you get world class, your ability to change function, of course, you're changing pain also. But I think like it, it's all, it's very liberating for the young chiropractor because you're not – you take it takes the pressure off you. Like – if you're selling visit by visit and how are you doing today? I mean, that is a road to nowhere and burnout. Nowhere. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like once you take that off the table, 
you're kind of floating through your day because you're not taking on all of that pain baggage in it. My God, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Brilliance, Absolutely. man. Brilliance. Fucking brilliance. Yeah, brilliance. I love it. Well, you know, we've run out of time and we're going to have to have Dr. Winchester back because I, I want to talk about some of the other things he's done with uh, neurology and those kind of pieces. Uh, and you're, you're such an interesting guest to talk with. I hope that you'll come back and, and um, join us again to talk about some additional things that you do. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. it. And Jay, we still got to get you on our podcast too. Anytime, yeah. man, anytime. And, yeah. and by the way, bro, I am definitely, I actually talked to my team about it. I was like, okay, we got to, we got to book Brett and we got to book Mark. We got to bring these guys out so they can do a, a, a training for us. So I'll be sending you an email this week. And we're going to figure that time frame out. All right. Let's do it. You're still, um, good, well, still good coming out, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. And while we have the audience's attention, do do us a favor. Let us know how can people get a hold of you. How can they book trainings with you? Where can they find where you're teaching? Um, let people know all about that. Right. So um, you know the main things that I teach would be. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm at different state associations. Unfortunately, I haven't put that all in one spot because I am the absolute worst human being with technology. But. Uh, we can you know, help you with the MPI that. MPI website. We do a lot of uh, we do a lot of stuff with MPI, and then DNS, and then uh, or if you want to just email me, which is uh, bw uh, at winchesterspineandsport.com, That's fine. I'm on uh, just to tell you how old I am. I'm on Facebook. That's Facebook Messenger and Instagram. <laughs> so I, I'm learning how to be better on Instagram. But uh, those are probably the best ways to to find me. And then. Uh, we have more of a clinical podcast called Gestalt Education, and that is uh, so we're, uh, we're always on, always on that, and traveling with that also. Love it. That's great. Well, Jay, it's that time. Yes, sir. Uh, it's that time again. We need to ask Brett. Brett is north northwest, if I remember right, where Troy's at, yeah, St. Right. Louis. So, what college team do you root for? Well, I went to University of Missouri, so I'm a huge Missouri Tiger fan. So that is uh, definitely I'm I'm a homer for the Missouri Tigers. We always call and it how, do you, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about them being in the SEC? Are you are you happy about that? Are you not happy about that? What's your thoughts? I mean, it's definitely made it it's made it so interesting. I mean, for our for Mizzou, it's a good thing for them to be in the the SEC. But uh, it's also my God, as far as college football, it is tough to you know. Playing Alabama, Auburn, and you know Florida, and all those schools every every weekend makes it makes it tough. So we're kind of used to getting all of the secondary recruits that are the rejects from those schools. So, uh, but anyways, I, yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's been a great thing for Mizzou. Love it. That's great. That's great. Well, Jay, yes, sir. It's that time, buddy. We've got all a right, lot man. of times we're going to be together in the next couple of months. I'll see you in a couple I'll days. Look- yeah, I look forward to that. And uh, Brett, I look forward to meeting you in person someplace and sometime in the in the near future. Me too, Brad. Yeah, what a pleasure to meet you. And thank you, you Dr. Greenstein, for your. The, I mean, obviously, I uh, listened to your podcast, and I, th- I you're just uh, an amazing person in our profession. So thank you. Thanks, bro. <laughs> well, it's that time of the day. It's time to say goodbye from my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all.